Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. Join me, Hillary Kirkendall, Wedgwood's Marketing and Communications Coordinator, as I sit down for conversations with the amazing people who work at, learn from, and grow through our grace-filled residential care, counseling services, and community programs. Grab your cup of coffee or tea and enjoy experts sharing their insights on the challenges people are facing and stories of hope, healing, and transformation. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. For this episode of Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversation, I sit down with Jason Alvera, one of our incredible substance use disorder treatment clinicians. Jason, who primarily works with adults looking to take their next steps in recovery, talks about why different types of treatment may be needed, the importance of grace and keeping an open mind, and that the recovery process is a marathon, not a sprint. For today's Coffee Break Conversation, Jason Olvera, one of our outstanding substance use disorder clinicians, joins us for a conversation. Thanks for being here, Jason. Thanks for having me. So like I said, you're a clinician within our substance use disorder treatment team. Can you talk a little bit about your specific role in the work that you do? Um, I am in the SUD department, substance use disorder. I'm one of the clinicians out there. Um, I basically work in Montcalm and Ionia County, okay. splitting my time between the two, and I do both uh, outpatient and outreach, so keeps me pretty busy. Can you talk a little bit about what the difference between outpatient and outreach services are? Outpatient is, you know, they come into the office, they okay. come into us in the office setting, um, but then outreach is for those clients that do have some transportation uh, difficulties, mm-hmm. so um, there are those of us who are uh, even still meeting the client's home. So, so without reach, you could meet them like at a yeah. park even. Yeah, I, mostly it's typically it's at their home okay. or a park. We can do that. Try to find a space that's going to be private where mm-hmm. we can actually still have a session mm-hmm. and be able to talk about things without worry of uh, other people. Mm-hmm. So, but Is the main difference just the location or is there a different approach to each type of service? Um, for some clients, outreach um, helps them open up better because okay. they're in their environment, mm-hmm. it's their home, they're more comfortable. So the rapport, I think, sometimes is built a little quicker in the mm-hmm. outreach setting as opposed to coming to the office, it's new, they're adjusting to the setting because now you know they're in a different environment, mm-hmm. it's your safe space as opposed to theirs. But hopefully given time, it also becomes a safe place for them too. So you mentioned you work in um, Montcalm and Ionia counties, and I know in those counties we offer medication-assisted treatment. Correct. Or MAT services. Can you explain a little bit what those are and why someone might decide that they need medication to aid in their recovery process? Yeah, so typically the primary uh, for MAT, medicated-assisted therapy, is for individuals struggling with opiate addiction. Okay. So that's, you know, whether that's Vicodin or uh, heroin, mm-hmm. both opiates. Um, so it's for those individuals. We don't have a lot of medications to help clients with other types of substances, but mm-hmm. when it comes to opiates, we do have a medication that can help them. Um, and the one that we primarily use here at Wedgwood in our Oyonia office um, is Suboxone. Okay. Um, so basically what the whole point of the medication is is to abate the physical withdrawal symptoms of opiate addiction so then we can get a client out of a state of, you know, kind of chaos and panic and concerned about feeling sick. Um, Because whatever their primary reason for beginning to abuse opiates, oftentimes the reason they continue to abuse opiates is to keep from feeling sick. Mm -hmm. So if we're able to abate the withdrawal symptoms of opiate addiction, we can then 
hopefully begin to work on some of those more psychological aspects of why we are where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, opiate addiction for some people has become a coping mechanism, and hopefully we can help them rewire their brain into more healthy coping mm-hmm. mechanisms than obviously something that worked but wasn't exactly healthy. Right, right. Yeah, I've heard that... Um... Addiction doesn't happen in a vacuum, so there's always no, no. something else going on. Yeah, and that's something that I've learned in my years, because I've, uh, prior to coming to Wedgwood, I also worked at another clinic uh, when I lived in Illinois that also did um, MAT, and at first, I myself too was like a little bit hesitant, you know, coming out of, of training and thinking, um, how is this, how is this a good thing? But then once you've actually worked with a population and you see its benefits, it's really hard to argue with uh, the evidence. Mm-hmm. So it does have its benefits and I am an advocate for it. Is this something someone will have to do for the rest of their life or just for um, a duration to get them to a healthier place? Hopefully, uh, the goal obviously is to not have to be on it for mm-hmm. the remainder of their life. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of different variables to go mm-hmm. that go into that. Everybody's Body chemistry is mm-hmm. different um, because when you start abusing opiates, your body does produce its own, its own endogenous opiates. And so when you begin to introduce outside opiates, which have a tendency to do a much better job than the endogenous, your body stops producing. Oh, okay. Um, and so then you need, which is basically what where the withdrawal can kind of come mm-hmm. from because you're now left at a deficit. Um, and so hopefully given enough time, the medication is supposed to be able to help the brain heal itself. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, we don't have a magical little machine we can mm-hmm. hook people up to and go, and spits out a little piece of paper and says, congratulations, you reached. So you, you kind of just go with it. How I typically approach it is they get on the medication. Hopefully they realize that... The medication is just abating the withdrawal symptoms that now we can work on some of those underlying issues of why did we start abusing in the first place. And for Mm -hmm. whatever reason that may be, whether that's childhood trauma, whether that's just trauma in general, even as in an adult's life. Or, I mean, I've I've had those cases where, uh, you know, you have clients who um, end up with a surgery and are prescribed opiates long term. Mm-hmm. And as one addictionologist I worked with uh, back in Illinois, he would often say there is not a human being that God has not created that if you put on opiates for a long period of time will not become physically dependent. So, you know, it, it kind of changes your view of like how is this all working? Because, you know, we kind of have some of those old mindsets of, well, this is your fault, the reason why you're here. Well, mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily when it comes to something like opiates, when mm-hmm. the path that led them was, unfortunately, a the medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we begin to try to do then is just to help them learn, relearn coping skills. Mm-hmm. Like, how are we dealing with trauma? How are we dealing with frustrations? How are we dealing with family dynamics and those types of things? And then once they begin to uh, illustrate those skills that we're hopefully... Uh, helping them learn that we can get to the place where we can go like, do you feel like you're ready to maybe potentially kind of wean down the medication? Because I think that's the only real way you're ever going to find out if, mm-hmm. if you can get off is to begin that process. And obviously that can look very different for different people. Mm-hmm. So it's so so for some people, yes, I, I have a client currently who I'm seeing now um, and 
they are now going, I think it is between 60 and 90 days without any medication mm -hmm. now. Um, and so the goal with her right now is I'm, I'm following her post the transition from medication to without medication just to make sure that we've, you know, transitioning successfully. Mm -hmm. And so those are, those are really encouraging to see that happen. But I can't take credit for anybody. It's, it's really the client that puts in that mm -hmm. work. Um, but then there are other clients who it, it may be a lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I know that this is still uh, an area that some clinicians struggle with, the whole harm reduction. Um, so for some clients, it, it does um, come down to simply being that. It's, mm -hmm. it's a harm reduction mechanism that at least keeps them alive. Mm -hmm. So when someone is involved in Wedgwood's um, MAT services, they're not doing it alone, and it's they're surrounded by a, like a team oh, that yes. is yes. kind of addressing all different areas. Yes. So it's not just about the medication. Yes. It's not just about therapy. It's all of it together. Yeah, so when they come into the clinic in Ionia, there, we have the counselors, we have the prescribing physician, we have recovery coach, we have a case manager. Um, so they have access to all of these um people to help them navigate this. So mm -hmm. as, as the counselor, uh, we focus on, you know, those skills. Um, as a recovery coach, it's somebody who has lived experience, so I've been there, done that. Um, and then the case managers help with any other life issues that they may have to kind of stabilize. We're not just looking to stabilize their addiction, we're looking to stabilize their life. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, case management can come in too to help with things like transportation, with housing, with getting um, in with uh, doctors and stuff like that. So it's a pretty rounded mm -hmm. thing. So and, and it's nice because you can talk back and forth with each other and be like, you know, share concerns. Like I do have a client who may benefit from case management, so we refer over there. and mm -hmm. so. But it, it works out nice. So it's sometimes nice to get the input from the doc, and the doc will come to us and get input from us so we can kind of all be on the same page. Mm -hmm. So Really focus on what each yeah. person needs. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, so you mentioned a couple of the opiates that you see a lot of your clients struggling with, but are there other substances that you're seeing across a lot of your cases right now that people are struggling with? Other than opiates? Mm -hmm. um, methamphetamine is on the rise. Um, we've, I've seen a significant increase in that. Um, and so sometimes we get clients in there, we get them on uh, MAT, maintenance medication, and so we've fixed the opiate issue, but then sometimes we also have clients who then start dabbling with something else. Um, and that kind of speaks to the, are they... Uh, utilizing the skills that we're trying to mm -hmm. help them um, discover. Mm -hmm. um, because this is, you know, I kind of look at, at counseling as it's a walk beside, not you're not leading them. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. walking beside them. Like, they're the expert on their lives. We're just there to kind of help clarify, help them process. Um, but, yeah, so methamphetamine has a tendency to be one of those. It's pretty major. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Probably next to opiates, methamphetamine is probably my next highest. And is that uh, in kids too or mostly adults? Um, well, I primarily work with the adult population, okay. so young adults, so they're 18 or older. Um, but yeah, it's it's across the board. Mm. And and meth is, meth is its own unique beast. Mm -hmm. um, even like alcohol is its own unique beast, opiates its own unique beast, methamphetamines its own unique beast. And the problem with methamphetamine is unlike opiates, we don't have anything to help them uh, 
with that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like you really have to have the mindset of, do I desire change? Mm-hmm. And that's where it comes from. At least the individuals that I am dealing with that struggle with methamphetamine abuse, um, the ones that are able to break that cycle, um, they have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And they will say that, like, I, I just woke up one day and said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. So it is. it's, it's a lot of work. It's, mm-hmm. it's not easy. And I think sometimes that's the, the misconception that people think that all you got to do is just stop. Stop using, yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, it, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are creatures of habit. Um, we talk about wanting to live better lives. And so, you know, when we kind of look at ourselves individually, what's like one of the things that we can do to help ourselves individually? Everybody across the board could do. Well, you could exercise and eat better. Well, tell, tell me how successful each and every one of us is at that. It's a struggle bus. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, and that's, nothing compared to a substance. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has God made clear to you through your work here at Wedgwood? Patience. <laughs> I used to joke when I was younger, uh, don't ask for patience because God will give you children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, patience really is, is, is it. Like, especially for, you know, us as clinicians, we, we want to help people. I mean, that's the whole reason why we're in this field is we want to help. We want mm-hmm. to see people live their best self. And so sometimes when they come into our office, we have just look at people and we can see potential. And it's like, okay, let's, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's begin this journey. And that journey may take a little longer than we might as mm-hmm. clinicians like to see. Or it's not progressing the way we might want to see mm-hmm. it progressing so that's part of the thing, like, I believe that, you know, that God is teaching is not in your timing, mm-hmm. not in their timing, but it's ultimately my timing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I've said this before, God is never late. He's never early. He's always on time. And so it's just a matter of being there when you need to be there and allowing God to do the rest. So it's just like, okay, I will do what I know that I need to be doing and Hopefully the client is doing what they need to be doing. And with that, hopefully, you know, change will come because I absolutely believe that change is possible. Mm-hmm. Well, like you so. said a little bit ago, it's a really hard process. Yes. So of course it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. Um, and I have a, a couple of clients that are going on three years with me. So, I mean, so that's kind of one of the different things with the MAT program, too, is there's no, like, clear, like... When is this going to end? Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, there's no magic machine we can plug people into and say, okay, you've, you've reached this place, and now we can like take the medication away from you. And it's like you got to be very careful about doing that because you don't want to prematurely do that to a client mm-hmm. and then you be their next reason for using. Mm-hmm. It's because you are trying to implement what you feel is best for them instead of doing what is best for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about how this is a long and hard journey and often can be a lifelong journey in recovery, um, and it's hard to start. What would you say to a new client or someone who is considering seeking support for their substance use? Be open-minded. Um, and I've, I've, I've said this to, to clients before, because I think sometimes clients come in and they're like, okay, you've gone to college, so you're supposed to have all the answers. And I will. I have said it to clients before, like, I, I don't have all the answers. 
Um, I'm not an expert on you. You're an expert on you. Mm -hmm. Um, So just go in there with an open mind. And as long as you're open and honest and you desire change, look, you know, we will work with you. We will try to move mountains if that's what it takes to to help you get to where you want to be. But you really have to want it Mm -hmm. and have to understand that it's going to take work. And so if you're willing to do that work, do you have advice or encouragement for people who have a loved one who are struggling with substance use, how they can support them? Boundaries mm. is what I would probably say is you got to have healthy boundaries. Okay. Because we want to be able to be there for our loved ones. But if we don't have established boundaries ourselves, um, we can be a hindrance rather than a help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's just having those those boundaries, like being able to help but then know when know where that line is of mm-hmm. if if they're if you're doing all the work and they're doing nothing then it's kind of counterintuitive mm-hmm. um so it's this establishing boundaries is being there for them being there when you need them but knowing what those boundaries look like mm-hmm. um and so like i would definitely say like if, if you have somebody in your family or a friend that is dealing with substance abuse support groups they have support groups for family members of people who are struggling mm-hmm. with an addiction. So they're out there, So and they can help you too. Mm-hmm. Can the Wedgwood team help families kind of set some boundaries yeah. or figure out how to get connected to resources? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, we definitely have uh, resources to help family with that. Like there have been times where a client will bring in a family member, and we can kind of talk about those things and... But you have to also be very careful how you navigate those kind of conversations, too. Um, but, like, FAN is, is probably one of the better-known um, families against narcotics. Okay. Um, it's probably a better-known one, a support group for families. What do you want to make sure that our listeners and community know about Wedgwood substance use treatment and the work that you and your team do? When I, when I look at Wedgwood, I think when most people still, even today, look at Wedgwood, we see... Uh, all the things that they do for adolescents mm-hmm. and um, all the things that we do for children. And, you know, when you look like you, when people look at a child, their heart goes out and they want to help them. Addiction is, is, is messy mm-hmm. and it is hard and it is difficult. And it often takes time to get where we want to go. Uh, there's a question. <laughs> it reminds me on the assessment that we do, the ASAM assessment, and I find it interesting because the one the question is, do you have difficulties waiting or when it comes to receiving something? Can you work towards something that's only going to have a long-term payoff? And so sometimes I feel like maybe we should be asking other people that. Mm-hmm. like, Because most people would think, oh, no, I don't. But then when you really think about it, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so especially when we... we are trying to help the community. We want to see a lot of instant results. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the SUD community, it's it's gonna it's gonna take time. Mm-hmm. But this is where my faith comes in. Um, when I look at my own life, um, it has taken me a long time for God to bring me to where I am today. And thankfully, He's not as uh, impatient as I am, or as impulsive, or as uh, and I've often said this, like, if I were God, I would have given up on me a long time ago. It's like, you know what? Forget this guy. I can't do it. 
but he's not like that. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's a matter of us trying to put on that same mindset of this is a long haul journey, mm-hmm. not a quick race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you pointed out that Wedgwood is long associated with helping kids um, and adolescents, but helping the adults in the community, too, creates a healthy community for kids and makes healthy parents. Absolutely. So it's all, you know, we help kids by helping parents and adults. Absolutely. Because we have to understand that the environments that these kids are in, that's the adult population. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you want to help kids, you got to help their parents. You got mm-hmm. to help their aunts. You got to help their uncles. You got to help their grandmother. You got to mm-hmm. help their grandfather. But it, it, addiction is not, uh, it's not discriminating. Mm-hmm. It, it, whether you're 14 or whether you're 60, um, it'll get you. Mm-hmm. So, how can people in West Michigan learn more about our recovery services or get connected to support? Um, they can go to our uh, website at wedgwood.org. Um, I'll have make sure all of that information is in our uh, episode description and the intake line number and the website where people can learn more. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so great to chat with you about the important work that you're doing. Um, and thank you for sharing your expertise with us and our community. No problem. If you or a loved one are looking for recovery support, Wedgwood is here to help. Wherever you may be in this journey, our substance use disorder treatment services can meet you where you are. To learn more or get connected to services, you can head to our website or call 616-930-5004. All the information will be in the episode description. Wedgwood Christian Services is committed to extending God's love and providing exceptional care and support. Head on over to wedgwood.org, that's W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D.org, to learn more about how you can get connected to services, support Wedgwood's mission, or join our team. Connect with us on social media at WedgwoodCS, or send us an email at hello at wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.